You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 252 of the Make It British podcast. So on today's episode, I'm chatting to Maxine Wells, who is the founder of Intimate Apparel Samples, a small lingerie studio in northwest London. Getting lingerie made in the UK can be really challenging. And whilst in the UK, we once had thousands of machinists making lingerie for the likes of Marks and Spencers, sadly, there's now only a handful of lingerie manufacturers left. So I took a trip to visit Maxine to find out more about why there aren't more manufacturers making lingerie in the UK, to talk about the sorts of businesses that Maxine works with and what the pitfalls are when it comes to making lingerie and Maxine's advice for how to avoid them. We also talk about why it's really important to have a great relationship with your manufacturer and how to get the fit of your products right. So the interview took place in Maxine's studio, so there is a bit of background noise. It's quite good that you can just hear the hum of the sewing machines in the background. I actually love that. We also had Maxine's son there with us because it was the school holidays, but you cannot hear a peep out of him. (laughs) So... My interview with Maxine is part of my ongoing research for my upcoming book, which is all about how to get fashion and textile products made in the UK. If you're interested in following the progress of the book and keeping me accountable, go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash book and I'll update you with my progress, as well as giving you the opportunity to be one of my beta testers. Now let's go over to my chat with Maxine Wells from Intimate Apparel Samples. We're here in your factory, if we're going to call it that. Where Whereabouts is that? London, Brent Cross, so northwest London. Would you call it a factory? Um, it depends who I'm talking to, really. So, and, and what mood I'm in, but factory or atelier or studio. Normally, I'll call it a studio. Brilliant. So, tell me your story, Maxine. How did you get into this industry? Did you train in lingerie? So, I done a degree in contour and fashion at the Montford University and then that was I graduated 2008 and as soon as I left I started making some bits and bobs um, lingerie for my own label Maxine's of London I went about it in a very naive approach which sometimes is a blessing and a curse <laughs> um, <laughs> and literally just took a bag of samples around London talking to different lingerie boutiques and thankfully I did get into some boutiques and eventually we started to sell kind of globally, you know, got our pieces shot by Mario Testino and got onto, you know, some really good magazines. Um, so that was about 2008, 2009 I started doing that, the brand. Um, in order to fund that, sorry, 
In order to fund that, I um, also needed to work freelance for other brands because there's, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult, as I'm sure lots of our listeners will know, um, to find the skills for lingerie and swimwear. Um, so I was offering that service to other brands um, and I was just going by the name Intimate Power Samples and I always knew that eventually this would be something bigger. Intimate power samples would never just be me. I'm very business-minded and I just saw it as a business even when it was just myself. When I um, was kind of mid-twenties, I got pregnant with my child, Oscar, who is now nine. He's sitting here with us now. He's very cute. Yeah, if his biscuits next to him to try and keep him happy. Um, and I basically I was at a crossroad and I had to decide what to do. It was it was far too much to run both at the same time. At, at the time, I was a one woman business, um, so I chose the Intimate Power Sample route, which is basically design, develop, at development, and manufacturing of lingerie and swimmer. So there aren't that many lingerie and swimwear manufacturers. You're quite special and unique. In fact, I've known of a couple that have shut down just since I've been running Make It British. Why do you think there is such a lack of lingerie and swimwear manufacturers in the UK? So I think it's a very challenging product, an exceptionally challenging product. There's not many people that have that skill set, even in terms of training. So De Montfort University has been pretty much one of the only ones that have offered that degree. Now there is another one or two, but that's, you know, it takes a while for these things to kick in. Um, and anything from the types of machines to the mechanics to the, the actual labour, even the fabrics, you know, all the different components within a bra, it's, it's really, really challenging to come across. So, so basically that's why, and in all honesty, I didn't actually want to go into the production arena because it's bloody difficult um and i would ask other factories that say they can do lingerie um could you take on the production for our clients because for a long time we were just development so developing samples tech packs and all of that um and they would say no because they they didn't have the the setup and it's such a risky product, you know, if you're just one, two, three millimetres out, that product's a write-off. So I was trying to get other, basically partner up with other factories in the UK, but we weren't able to do that, which is why I've now set up our own one. So how much, did it, how much have you invested in setting this business up? Because I know from when you did me a little tour at the beginning, you've got one machine alone that does a really simple process, your plastic machine, that costs like £4,000. So it's not cheap to set up a lingerie manufacturing unit how have you got any investment from anyone i haven't got investment from anyone i've taken personal loans whether that's advisable or not i do not know but that's the way i've done it because i kind of done it almost as when we need investment so what i mean by that it's i didn't write a business plan at the very beginning and go i need two hundred thousand pound investment it wasn't like that it was more of an organic growth and each year as we expanded I would mostly put the money that was bought into the business, um, basically the profits, back into the business. But when we, um, when the money wasn't there, I would take on loans in my own name and put that into the business. So I haven't got a business partner or anything like that. You are a one woman running her own factory, which is amazing. How many people do you employ here and what's, what's their background? So there's 10 of us. All female, 
that's not deliberate. <laughs> um, I'm happy to employ men as well, but it just so happens to be the, the demogra- demographic sorry, of this industry. Um, their backgrounds are university educated, so quite a lot of them are from Montfort University, which is where I graduated from, and then also London College of Fashion, which also has a similar degree. And then some have come from a UK-based factory for lingerie, which is more um, for like high street lingerie. Brilliant. So what sort of businesses do you work with then? Who, what, who's your typical customer? So we work with lots of lovely brands. We work with probably about 50 to 60 brands um, a year, kind of like any one time. We, we do work with a lot of new brands, independent brands. By that, I mean, you know, a one, usually, again, female, one-woman band that's setting up their own lingerie or swimwear athleisure company. Um, but we also work with very big brands like David Comer, Galvan, Roland Murray, brands like that. Yep, quite a wide spectrum. Amazing. What advice would you give? Because lingerie is, like you said, it's a technical product to make. It requires a great kind of craft and skill. What advice do you give to maybe new brands or small brands that want to start making lingerie? What are the potential pitfalls and like how can they overcome them? What would, what would you advise? How can they get it right? Um, I've got to try and think of the best, the best one. Um, pitfalls, I think one thing is don't try and do everything all at once. So niche down, look at why you're different to what can you offer that Victoria's Secrets can't because we have a lot of brands that go, you know, I've bought this amazing bra from Victoria's Secrets, I want to recreate it and sell it. Why, why would someone go to you that's just naturally, you're going to have to charge about two or three or four times price when they can buy it from Victoria's Secrets? You have to do something different. And that's not always about the product. Like obviously, you know, it's, it's good to make the product different, but it doesn't have to be wildly different. You don't have to completely, like, reinvent the wheel. You can just do something that's slightly better, slightly unique. But it's the, it's the whole thing. For example, you know, we have this... So many brands come to us saying they want to be size-inclusive, and I think that's a very dangerous game to play when you're a small independent brand because, you know, if the big mass-market companies are struggling to do it, that have all that buying power and, more importantly, all that selling power. You know, they can get it on all the celebrities to market their product. There's a reason why they might not be selling from, you know, an A cup to, like, a J cup because it costs a lot of money. Um, So my main advice, which I know is similar to yours often, Kate, is niche down where possible. And I'll say it again, it's just look what you can do that's different. And I feel one of the things is often... um, building that relationship so back to your questions what's the main pitfall I feel the main pitfall for new brands is not knowing why they're different and also thinking that just because they've got a lot of Instagram followers um, they're just going to be able to make loads and loads of sales well sorry to say it but your competition is outrageous there's so many new brands coming about um, you wouldn't believe it. And we're in this amazing position where we can see all these new brands. So I'm telling you, you've got a lot of competition. Make yourself stand out. Yeah, it's spot on. Exactly what I tell everyone as well. And also, when it comes to lingerie, and I, I know this from my days working in swimwear, 
there's so many different components that go into things. So how can a brand kind of get organized with all of that? Because I know we were talking about this before we switched the mic on. There, there are a lot of moving parts in lingerie and they kind of need processes and systems in place, don't they? So what are, the, what are those systems and processes that they need to get in place when it comes to making lingerie? So would that be systems and processes that they need to put in place or us? Both, really, in terms of all those different components arriving at different times from different places. Because you can't get many of the components in the UK, can you, for lingerie? No, it's, it's really challenging. So the one bit of advice I'd really give you is listen to your manufacturers. You know, if they're sending you documents, read them. Um, <laughs> if they're saying that they need you know, a reply by a certain date or something, reply by a certain date. Um, if they're sending emails that might be quite content heavy, read it. There's a reason why we're doing it. It's not for fun. Um, because unfortunately we do have some clients, not not all, like most are very, very good. But I feel one thing that sets us apart from a lot of factories is are we really, really hot on communication? You know, and some people might feel maybe it's over-communicating, but my God, if you don't communicate certain things, once you get further down the line in the production, you've made that one little bit of error, you know, oh, that elastic's slightly wrong, or oh, that, you know, it's the wrong measurement, then the whole production, you can just chuck it in the bin. That's why we're really hot on communication. Follow the processes that the, the factory wants to follow. Don't try and skip steps. If a factory's saying, do graded samples, do graded samples. It might cost you more money, but it's going to save you a lot of money in the long run. Don't don't take for granted the whole process. Don't think, and I'm getting a bit ranty here. Um, I love your ranty, I'm a very ranty lady. <laughs> um, it's just because I know, do, do it the right way first of all, and it's going to save you so much headache. We'll have so many clients push us to try and skip processes because they want it faster and they want it cheaper. And then they'll compare it to other factories and say, oh, but that factory will do that. Go to that factory then. Go to that factory. There's a reason why we work in some factories. There are brilliant factories out there, by the way. I'm not saying that. But I'm just feeling sometimes clients may want to go for a faster, cheaper option. But there's a reason why we work. Stitching time saves nine. I know it's a pun in our industry, but it's so true. Are you ready to finally master your manufacturing and create profitable UK-made products? If so, I've got an exclusive training just for you. This training is for businesses that make in the UK or want to and who are interested in working with me in our British Brand Accelerator for creative small business owners who want to develop and sell profitable UK-made products. If your application is accepted, you'll receive a copy of my exclusive free private training on how to develop profitable UK-made products with ease. In the training, I go through my exact three-part framework that we use to help our clients successfully launch and grow their UK-made brands. And I'll show you exactly how it works along with all kinds of examples. I'll also explain everything you need to know about the accelerator to ensure that we can truly help you to get the results that you're looking for. To apply for an invite to the British Brand Accelerator and get a copy of the training, go to katehills.co.uk forward slash apply. And when you talk about graded samples, you're, you're advising people to get a sample, pre-production sample made of every single size. 
every single size would be great, but I understand small businesses might not be able to afford that. So at worst, that's the best scenario. At worst, do the smallest and the largest size and just test it on your friends. Because it's, you know, to me, it's a bit like the analogy of someone going to a hairdresser and going, oh, don't worry, I trust you, do what you want. And then the hairdresser does what they think is great. (laughs) And then you're unhappy about it. And this is it, you know, there's science and an art involved in this process. That's why when you go shopping, every brand is different. Each brand isn't wrong. Each brand is right, but they're right for them and their customer. So we need to know what's right for you. You need to figure that out. Like if this is your first collection, there's a lot more work involved in your first collection because it's you're setting that ground grounding for like your whole business essentially. You need to put that time in. And I, I am going to keep going because <laughs> I'm in ranty <laughs> mode. Because um, we do have some clients, you know, some some clients are quite flexible. So you know, okay, you're, you want to skip that step. But I also know that you're quite, because you're more aesthetic focused, that there's a little bit of wiggle room. You know, you're, you're, you're quite open to what the fit is going to be like, so you, you might trust our judgment. There's some others that are very, very, what's the word? Like, just very... What they just Specific. To... They're very specific about what they think is right. So if, if those clients and those designers then go don't worry, skip that step, let's just go straight into production. I know for a fact when that when it comes off the other end, that's when they're going to start doing that vigorous testing. Too late by them, do it at the beginning. So it's, it's I suppose, a little bit of advice is know yourself. Know yourself. Are you someone that's going to be happy with going, oh, you know what, I would have liked the fit to be slightly snugger, but it's actually a bit more of a generous fit. But that's okay because I know, you know, regardless, I'm going to make sales and the customer's going to be happy. Or are you someone that's like, I have to have it exactly the way I want it? Then if you're that person, then you have to, your communication has to be seriously on point. Because lingerie is, it's all about the fit, isn't it? And I know how difficult that is to get right. It might look like, oh, it's the smallest item, especially with swimwear, like bikinis. You think, oh, that's really simple. It's only a couple of little tiny triangles of fabric. Why why are you charging me so much? How can it be so difficult? And that's one of the most difficult things to get right, isn't it? Just want to explain that a bit more from a manufacturer's perspective. Um, it's very, very difficult. There's a significant amount of work. So, you know, we do do swimwear, we do do athleisure, we do do lingerie. But if we focus right now on lingerie, because that is the most technically challenged. <laughs> um, and it's difficult because, say, if you put five millimetres in the wrong area of the body, then the whole boob, the boobs can, like, splay out to the side or, you know, all sorts of things happen. If the wire is slightly, you know, not strong enough or something for the fabric then again, it it might just not work. And also, what works for one customer won't work for another customer. So you need to do a lot of testings. So, and also there's about 15, 20 um, components, which is different elastics, uh, the technical fabrics. They all need to work really, really well together. Another issue we have, we have brands and this this can be surprisingly very established brands because not all brands are fit focused so we might have an established brand and think oh brilliant they're going to be really easy to work with and then they're you know what what we have to work with is basically products that I don't feel fit in that well um so we then try to challenge because we have to be fit focused because it's got our name on it as well 
and they'll go, oh, but it fits like this brand or, oh, but I've got this bra and I want it to fit like that. And then they'll pick up, um, they'll show us the bra. we say, Kat, brilliant, bring in the bra that you've got that's that size and fits great. Let's have a look at it. And the fit's terrible. And I'm not going to name names, but there's some brands, one in particular that's incredibly large. They've grown exponentially and the fit is really poor. And also what I found when I was working in this industry was that um, most people are wearing totally the wrong bra size, aren't they? Totally wrong. Too small a cup and too big a pack size. And I don't know whether you've ever watched Love Island, but do you not cringe when you see how badly all the swimwear fits? I don't watch Love Island, (laughs) but I will now. I'm going to have a look. Um, Honestly, I feel we're going against a broken model and we've got brands that are trying to replicate this model and they're they're trying to convince us it's fine because this brand does it. And I'm like, why do you want to... Why? Why are you entering this industry to be as bad as others? Like, why aren't you trying to set yourself apart? And yet, granted, a lot of customers, they don't care because they don't understand. And that's fine. And sometimes I do go, you know what? You're still going to make the sales. So it's your choice. But I feel like if you're going to be doing something where you have to niche down, you have to be more expensive just because depending on who you are you're probably not going to have the funding that say these big companies have um why wouldn't you want to be better and one brand in particular um (laughs) i have to be really cryptic um but you know even all their on their website they've got on sorry the lingerie on their models the bra wire is sitting, it's, it's almost like a mono bra. Like the wire is just sitting, it's, it's not even indenting at the centre front, let alone actually sitting against the rib cage. And so we get so many brands going, oh, we want it to fit like that. And it's like, that's actually causing the, the wearer problems. Like that can like really damage their breast tissue. No, we're not doing that. Yeah, so true. So how long do you spend with a, with a typical client in getting the fit right? And do they supply the model or do you supply someone or do they take it away and try it on? Because I know when I worked at Debenhams, we used to have you know a lady that came in every single week and she was our fit model and bless her, she tried on like hundreds of bras and bikinis every week. What, how do you do the fits? So we do have regular models, but essentially it's the client's responsibility to vet them and check they're right for their brand. Because again, like I say, every brand is different. And I don't necessarily want to take on the responsibility to decide what's right for your brand, but we will um, give advice. And there are some regulars, fit models that we use from fitting agencies that do come to us. Um, It's important to have them reflective of who your ideal customer is. And by that, I mean a regular lady or man um, as opposed to you know like a, a supermodel because, unless you're only selling to supermodels um, we do the fit assessments here and it might take two fits and sometimes depending on the product it might take several it might take six seven eight and we do everything here and the client's welcome to come and fit at the same time with us or do it by video one thing is we really do make sure we see the fit because sometimes clients might say oh but we can do it and every time I've regretted it every time because you know not not to sound I don't know not to sound like a know-it-all but you have got a lot of experience in lingerie (laughs) so you kind of do Maxine you do know it all so go on say it I know um I, I sometimes trust when when clients are super, super confident that they can do a fit assessment themselves. I have made that mistake in the past 
And every time I'm like, no, because they, they just give us the wrong information and it, it's just, yeah, it never ends up well. So we have to do the fit assessments so what, did, what did you do during COVID then? It must have been a nightmare because you can't really fit lingerie on Zoom calls, or did you? So for a long time, like everyone, we just had to just not work, <laughs> unfortunately, done what we could. Um, but once we, once we were allowed to have um, physical contact, we just had to wear masks. Um, we would maybe, if it's an experienced fit model, we would ask them to just direct us in terms of fit assessment and in terms of how it fitted. But really, we couldn't properly do fit assessments until we were allowed to actually be in contact with one another. How many of the businesses that you work with then come in here regularly? Do they come in to pick up their production or do you send it to them? Because part of the joy of being a UK manufacturers, in theory, your clients are constantly popping in and, oh, and making sure everything's correct. Do they do that? They, they do pop in a lot. Appointment only, please. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I had an appointment today. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to compartmentalise things. I can't switch tasks um, really nearly. Um, so appointment only. And they come in, you know, yeah, they do come in quite regularly. We do have some international brands who obviously can't pop in as much as they would like to. We do things by Zoom. But then we have more local brands and they might come in once a week, once every two, three weeks, um, which is really, really lovely. And I just feel... um, just a, a bit of a side topic but one thing that I want to do this year and going forward is just do more regular meetups just with brands in general I think it's so important to to put relationships back into business everyone's got different values um, and some people honestly wouldn't care they're like Max I don't want a relationship with you to shut up and do the work and I'm like please let's have a relationship but I feel like we've got one life it's all about people why are we just sitting behind the computer screen never meeting one another and having a conversation and getting to know, not necessarily like, you know, the really personal things of people's lives, but what drives someone, what's important to them. That's so much more joyful than literally just making a product and sending it off. We're not robots. And it's got to be a partnership as well, hasn't it, with your manufacturer? So give me an example, and you can name them if you want, of a brand that you work with where you've got a really good partnership with them and what makes that relationship and partnership special uh, I'd love to name them every time I think of them I get a big smile on my face um, she's just a perfect representation of my values and her values and what I feel a business relationship should be like um, it's Ossa Stark run by Grace she came to us probably about three years ago um, I know she was very nervous it was her first brand um, she as her own description, it's very young. That's that's something a lot of young designers will raise that issue. They, you know, they, it's almost a slightly embarrassed for being young. And I'm like, you know what? We've all got to start somewhere. And this girl in particular, very very business savvy, very intelligent, um, just got her SHIT together. And honestly, age doesn't really buy that. <laughs> we have some bigger brands, but you know, are run by very experienced people and they might not be as business savvy as some, someone that's a beginner. Um, so Ossa Stark is a UK-made um, lingerie brand or underwear brand, kind of soft separates, focused on the equestrian um, arena and beautifully, beautifully made and marketed and so spot on with her branding. Like the whole thing just works. And the reason why I love this brand and just really value her as a client 
is because she's very responsive to, for example, I put up a post um, on Instagram or a story saying that when people have photographs or do a show or anything, they will cite, you know, the models, the photographers, the makeup artists, the location, everything. Um, how often do you see the manufacturers? Not enough. Not enough? Why? They're the ones making your product. Do they, do they not matter? And this is the thing, you know, it's because I feel it's because it's seen as it's, it's just robots. It's just robots making it. It's just, it's heartless. It's just, you know, it's, it's the behind the scenes. No one cares. Just churn out product at the end. Well, we have a heart. We have heart and soul. You know, we've got passions. We're here every single bloody day making this happen. We want to see the end results. We want to shout about it. We want to show off. We want to celebrate. And so I, I put that lovely post. I do try not to be too <laughs> aggressive, <laughs> passionate. Um, and she saw that and she straight away started to um, tag us in and also tag in other um, suppliers into her um, posts. And I, I then said to her, oh, thank you for doing that. You know, that means a lot. It's really lovely that you acknowledge us. And she mentioned, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Grace, um, that it was because of my post that it made her realise. And I think a lot of people don't realise, but the thing is, some people would then learn and they still won't care because they don't care. Whereas for some people, like Grace, Ossa Stark, um, they really care. They, they want it to be more than just churning out products and making a bit of money. And, you know, she's seen it through from start to, you know, obviously not finished because she's still going, but she's kind of had the design, she developed the product, um, she's now selling, she's doing shows, and a lot of brands, sadly, they do give up. And I feel it's because they think it's just going to be fun and they're focused on the design side and then it's going to be fun doing the photo shoot and then selling it and they may feel that they're going to make money within the first one, two years. In all honesty, you might need to work for three, four, five years alongside it. It's a lot of work and that is why I love this brand in particular. Our values are aligned. Oh, Maxine, that's amazing. It's so good to hear that you have got such great relationships with your with your brands that you work with. Fantastic. You are, like, yeah, the perfect example of a great manufacturer. So thank you very much for talking to me today. You've been amazing. You're welcome, and thank you for coming. And this is what it's all about. Still going. Um, <laughs> this is what it's all about, is finding like-minded people. And that's why I think what you're doing, Kate, is absolutely unbelievable, and we need it, because I, I would love to do you know, the position that you're coming from, I would love to do that, but I've got my own focus. I can't share every single message just like you can't. You can't. But if we all focus on our own area that we and then come together, a united voice, then we can actually make a change because seriously, there is good talent and there's, there's passion in this country for like good quality products and we deserve to be able to, to make those products, but we're relying on the brands to actually invest in that relationship with us i know and you're super super talented and so are all these lovely ladies that are working for you here amazing thank you maxine thank you bye thank you very much bye